0: Apparently, just let any bewildered freshman wander into the booth and try to run a radio station. Um, can- campus outreach is looking for. Hang on. College radio can pretty much be summed up in five words
1: CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver.
0: You're listening to 101.9 FM, CITR here in Vancouver, UBC. Campus radio and the show is Stereoscopic Readout as it is this time every Thursday night. With me, your host, Darren, bringing you psychedelia, garage rock, freak beat, acid punk, folk rock, prog rock, and other socially and musically relevant artifacts from 1965 to today, with a special emphasis on flying Vancouver's freak pants with f- pride. <laughs> And I started off with some of, excuse me, purveyors of some of Vancouver's freakiest pants back in the day. Started off with spring because it is spring. Um, Normally I try to do a seasonal introduction to the show uh, as early in the season as I can, but for various reasons, I didn't get to it until now, almost a month into spring. But yeah, Vancouver's own spring with it's a new day and then followed by chicago's the lemon drops um a garage acid punk classic if there ever was one um and i live in the springtime that is from their compilation crystal pure and that version actually is the better version that i know of because the one on um the nuggets compilation for whatever reason seems to have no drums in the mix i don't know why that is but this one is the good one. It's also available, good God. Um, there was a comp I had once, and I have I had to part ways with it, called Chicago Garage Rock Greats, or something to that effect, which also had the same mix of this song with the drums, higher in the mix than the Nuggets comp. But a great song nonetheless, coming to you from the heady days of 1967. Um, anyway... So in keeping with the recent theme of people who kind of produced music and went nuts in the process later on in the show tonight, I'm going to be bringing you a look at some outtakes from the Beach Boys Smile album. That should be pretty cool. But in the meantime, I've got a few things I want to get through. And speaking of Vancouver bands, this is The Painted Ship. (laughs)
1: Holy smokes, I can't believe I'm part of the coolest club in the world. Uh, bub? Yeah? So, uh, what club is that? CITR. As a club member, I get ginormous discounts on the Friends of CITR card, which in itself to me, I must say, is pretty amazing. I get dirt cheap prices at stores and shots I'm at all the time anyway. To be honest, it feels like being in a club within a club.
2: Wow.
1: Hey, I want a Friends of CITR card. You don't even have to be a member to get one, although clearly, you'd be that much cooler if you were a member. Go purchase your friends' a CITR card down at CITR, or at special events they sponsor, such as concerts, membership drives, and shindig. I got it. It feels like having special powers. I go into stores and bam! Discounts. Tis what I said. De chinois, et moi, et moi, et moi. Avec ma vie, mon petit moi, mon mal de tête, mon poitou foie. J'y pense et puis j'oublie. C'est la vie, c'est la vie. 80 millions d'Indonésiens, et moi, et moi, et moi. Avec ma voiture et mon chien, son canigou quand il la J'y pense et puis j'oublie. C'est la vie, c'est la vie Trois ou quatre cent millions de noirs Et moi, et moi, et moi Qui vais au brunissoir Au sauna pour perdre du poids J'y pense et puis j'oublie C'est la vie, c'est la vie Trois cent millions de soviétiques Et moi, et moi, et moi Avec mes manies et mes tiques. Dans mon petit lit en plume d'oie, j'y pense et puis j'oublie. C'est la vie, c'est la vie. 50 millions de gens imparfaits. Et moi, et moi, et moi, qui regarde Catherine Langer à la télévision chez moi. J'y pense et puis j'oublie. C'est la vie, c'est la vie. 900 millions de crèves la faim Et moi, et moi, et moi Avec mon régime végétarien Et tout le whisky que je m'envoie J'y pense et puis j'oublie C'est la vie, c'est la vie 500 millions de Sud-Américains Et moi, et moi, et moi Je suis tout nu dans mon bain Avec une fille qui me nettoie J'y pense et puis j'oublie C'est la vie, c'est la vie. 50 millions de Vietnamiens et moi, et moi, et moi. Le dimanche à la chasse au lapin, avec mon fusil je suis le roi. J'y pense et puis j'oublie. C'est la vie, c'est la vie. 500 milliards de petits Martiens et moi, et moi, et moi. Comme un con de Parisien. J'attends mon chèque besoin soin de moi. J'y pense et puis j'oublie. C'est la vie, c'est la vie. J'y pense et puis j'oublie. C'est la vie, c'est la vie. J'y pense et puis j'oublie.
3: Loin, si loin, tout le décor se I si the comme une si qui Comme une perspective qui world, comme un train qui recule, puis à l'infini m'apparaît ta the qui comme une pierre et se couche.
1: Saca et rose et
2: plat, avec un cœur qui s'envole et son se noir dans un ciel infernal.
0: from France, some uh, Fleur de Pavot for you. Um, Kind of a kind of a guess uh, how does one put it? An exploitation band, I guess you call it, except it's not quite as professionally done as most of the British or American genre exploitation projects, but um, yeah, uh, excuse me, a track called Le Le Radeau de la Meduse which is the concluding song on their 1967 or 68, sorry, 68 album. Rato de Lamedes is, is a very famous painting by, what's his name here? Théodore Jericho. You can probably see it now, is it? Yeah, it's in the Louvre. There you go. Before that, you heard from some uh, Jacques Dutronc, also from France, kind of a noted... Uh, singer comedian actor started off with a couple of vancouver bands the painted ship with little white lies and the collectors with make it easy and then luke and the apostles from toronto and been burnt anyway part of the press kit which was assembled by the fleur de pavos manager Actually, that was it. They weren't exactly uh, put together as an exploitation project, but what they were was just a French beat combo whose manager thought that they could cash in on the psych music craze. Because if you think about it, it's kind of strange that a country the size of France wouldn't have produced much in the way of psych or garage music or kind of beat music in general – During that point, I haven't found a lot of it, um, certainly not to the extent that I found stuff from Sweden or the Netherlands even, but they were kind of reformatted as it were to um, cash in on the psych (laughs) phenomenon and part of their press package that he made up, the uh, manager made up some cock and bull story about the band being formed by a guy named Irish Pat from London with a guy named Jesus from San Francisco who'd met at a Soft Machine show in Paris. It's funny that they mentioned Soft Machine, but you have to remember Soft Machine were huge in France. Soft Machine were probably the biggest intellectual ex, or sort of the hippest, I would say, the hippest export from the Swing in London period. After, especially after they performed a series of shows in the south of France and a very memorable show in the square, to the town square at Saint Tropez, which was attended by God, uh, Godard amongst other people, they did a forty-five minute version of "We Did It Again," and that in the sort of. Parisian glitterati's eyes sealed their fates as the darlings, the hippest darlings of the Paris intelligentsia. So, to put that into context, after a couple of messages here, we are going to listen a few, to a few tracks from Soft Machine's first album. But first,
2: walking
1: alone at night can be scary!
3: Stop right there, student. Why walk alone when you can call SafeWalk? The safety and comfort of everyone on campus is important. That's why we're here. SafeWalk is a free, student-run foot patrol service with two-person co-ed teams that will meet you and accompany you anywhere on campus to make sure you get there safely.
2: Keep an eye out for our bright red reflective jackets and signature foot logo, and let your next walk be with us.
0: What a huge relief! Now I'll never have to worry about the terrors that could happen
3: when walking through such a big campus at night. For a walk, you can call 604-822-5355. Use one of our direct line phones located in some of the campus libraries. Use one of the big blue phone booths or even ask campus security to contact us. If you see walkers around campus and you'd like them to accompany you, stop and ask.
2: Uh, When you experiment with cut ups over a period of time, you find that some of the cut ups seem to refer to future events. Well, we went on to exploit the potentials of the tape recorder. Now back to modern. Cut up, slow down, speed up, run backwards, inch the tape. That means uh, work it back and forth across the tape head. Play several tracks at once. Uh, cut back and forth between two recorders. Copyright infringement. Copyright
3: Piracy. Oh, no, I pressed the wrong button again.
2: So, cut ups put you in touch with what you know and, and do not know that you know.
3: Exquisite Corpse, Thursday, 7.30 to 9 p.m. on the mighty CITR Radio 101.9, Vancouver.
2: This is not all rock and roll, dude. <laughs>
3: for something that's already there. Tomorrow I'll find it. The trumpeter screams and remembers he's hungry. Customers dancing are just making time, while David is piercing, the customers scream, now everyone's shouting, get out of my dreams, why, why?
0: back with you on 101.9 FM CITR and the show is Stereoscopic Readout and you just heard a selection of tracks from Soft Machine's first album. Started that with the infamous We Did It Again which essentially uh, a modulation on kind of on one chord really. Uh, It was a product of bassist Kevin Ayer's fascination with Sufi drones and repetition stuff like Terry Riley, Lamont Young. Followed that with a kind of a bridging track called "Poubel Kun Poubel," which in French means "prettier than a garbage can," and then followed that with "Why Are We Sleeping," which interestingly, which interestingly enough, was covered by whale, the Welsh band Gorky's Zygotic Monkey in the 90s. So we now we get to tonight's feature, which is on Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys and the aborted Smile LP project in 1966 and 67. You probably hear a lot of... Let me just turn this down. You probably hear a lot of commentary on the track, Good Vibrations being possibly the greatest single ever recorded or released. Um, it doesn't really, it, it kind of takes a little bit of, it, it, how do I put it? It takes a little bearing to actually consider that how revolutionary a song that was when it came out effectively what Brian Wilson had arrived at and, uh, it should be added. He arrived at it after, um, some experimentation with LSD that if you wanted to take a song and have the chorus sound sound different from the verse or the bridge sound different from everything else, having a sort of like a tone poem quality to it. Why not just record everything separately and then splice them all together when you were mixing it? That way you could have completely different instrumentation starting, you know, at the drop of a dime. He took it also a step further by recording different Recording verses like different arrangements and different instrumentation on different verses, and then sort of mixing them together and seeing which ones he liked best or which ones he thought he, he thought worked best. He f- called this. He re- uh, Brian Wilson eventually referred to the recording of Good Vibrations as a quote pocket symphony. But nobody had actually ever recorded um, in this manner before, or at least not in the commercial sense. Because the Beach Boys obviously were signed to Capitol Records in the United States. This was the sort of thing that was mostly associated with experimental composers and people like William S. Burroughs or Stockhausen and people like that. This is the first commercial. This was it was the first commercial application of revolutionary techniques such as this. It kind of seems a little bit. Um. Not that surprising nowadays, but it was big news in '66. Uh, the Beatles later on the same year would arrive at the same conclusion when piecing together the "Strawberry Fields Forever" single. Um, but they would kind of arrive at it by accident when John Lennon couldn't decide which of two takes he actually liked better, and decided to, or and suggested why not try splicing the fourth. I think it was the fourth take onto the first take at about a minute into the song. As I mentioned, Brian Wilson had been experimenting with mind-expanding substances starting in 1965. He apparently only ever had three LSD trips, but they were—they affected him very profoundly. The second one was a very bad trip in which he hallucinated that he was burning to death, except that the fire was burning him back to being a baby. And he eventually... It must have been... A, it was probably an extremely strong trip because... He spoke of being absorbed into a white light. In December of 1965, while in a bookstore, he had a acid flashback, which caused him to question what exactly it was he believed in, and what the nature of real, or what he believed about the nature of reality. And after a third trip in the spring of 1966, he claims that he had a fundamental re, spiritual rebirth wherein he understood, well, I guess he understood himself better, but uh, he claimed to have had a kind of a spiritual rebirth as a result of that. And that experience colored the recording of the uh, Pet Sounds album. Most of the Pet Sounds album focuses on childhood and growing up, um, kind of disguised as Excuse me, semi-autobiographical material, but it kind of was step one in Brian Wilson's big sort of spiritual awakening, as it were. It was about the same time that he decided that he needed to apply a really big and impressive production sort of aesthetic to the production of what was going to be their next single, Good Vibrations. Apparently they had already recorded a version of it, and even that version included the theremin, which would be a big feature of uh, the version of the single which was actually released. But over the course of several months in 1966, he completely reworked the recording of Good Vibrations, recording it in pieces, recording bits and pieces which sounded different. Some of the outtakes exist. Some of the outtakes were released on the Pet Sounds box set, which came out a few years ago. But after the success in applying this sort of technique to recording a single, he decided that the next album, which was going to be Smile, the entire album would be subjected to this sort of modus operandi. Unfortunately, this caused a lot of problems because... Essentially, if it took a couple of months and up to that point it was rumored that it was the most expensive si- um, single ever recorded by a band, you can imagine what would happen if they were trying to record 12 to 14 tracks for a whole album. And as it was, the, it took about, I think, six months for them to get anywhere with the project, and even after that it was shelved. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to play something for you. This is... The most infamous, I think, actually not the most infamous, the most infamous track would be uh, The Elements Suite, but probably a good indication of Brian Wilson's work habits is the song Heroes and Villains. The version I'm going to play for you is about 10 minutes long, and it basically, it's different from the version that was released on Smiley Smile. In fact, the Smiley Smile version was, I think, completely re-recorded or the single that came out later in 67 was completely re-recorded in Brian Wilson's basement. But Heroes and Villains, this version of Heroes and Villains is a good example because I mean, I found about three or four different versions or different mixes of the song and it incorporates little bits and pieces that have surfaced on the Beach Boys box set, which was released early in the nineties when some of the uh, uh, smile out takes were finally released. But, Some of the stuff I'm going to be playing later on in the set may sound familiar. It may sound familiar because it's already been played in this next version I'm going to play for you. But some of these mixes have ranged between two and a half minutes long to the 10-minute version I'm about to play. And you can see how this is probably not a version that was ever intended to be released. It was probably just sort of a sketch or a working copy that Wilson would have put together... To see if the concept he wanted would really work. Anyway, without further ado, this is a mix, not the definitive mix, of Heroes and Villains by the Beach Boys.
2: the spirit high There I watched her, she spun around and wound My children who raised, you know they suddenly rise. They start a slow hunger, go head to toe. Healthy, wealthy, and often wise. Three score and five, I'm very much alive. I still got the time to survive. I'm sunny down snuff, I'm alright.
3: from Bell and Sebastian, and you're listening to DITR 101.9 FM.
0: And we are back on Stereoscopic Readouts. Look at the Beach Boys Smile album, <clears throat> or rather, excuse me, the outtakes and what is left behind of the Smile album. When doing his planning for the Smile album, um, the rest of the band, by the way, was off in Japan touring and supporting uh, the Pet Sounds album. Excuse me. Brian Wilson was actually left to further his musical aspirations and the big ideas he had about where, what sonic direction he wanted the band to go in, which he'd started with Pet Sounds. Um, this was after, in fact, he'd sort of had a bit of a nervous breakdown on tour and refused to go on the road with the Beach Boys anymore. He was perfectly happy, though, to write music and produce it in the studio. And to that end, he started writing with a series of lyricists some of the beach boys such as mike love would write lyrics but for pet sounds he sort of seized on terry asher as his co-writer as it were but for prior to the recording of smile he ran into van dyke parks at a party in hollywood and he was immediately struck by parks's i guess verbosity as it as it were he decided he was going to give him a try when recording Smile. But in the beginning, he didn't exactly have a clear idea of where he, the direction he wanted to take Smile in. He'd been struck by the humor of the album, of the comedy album, How to Speak Hip. And as an aside, if you go onto CITR's podcast schedule, uh, download the, oh God, what was it? From earlier this week, Generation Exploitation, Laugh Tracks. Go on to the schedule and download the podcast of Laugh Tracks from earlier this week because he actually uh, Cliff actually plays part of the album How to Speak Hip, which I thought was quite fortuitous considering I'm talking about this tonight. He was uh, well, Brian Wilson couldn't decide if he wanted to do a comedy album, if he wanted to do a serious album. He didn't know if he wanted to do a... He had an idea of doing a concept album which would dwell on U.S. history from the landing of the Pilgrims at Plymouth Rock through the Western expansion and the gold rush to the incorporation of Hawaii as a state in the Union. But after his experiences with LSD, Brian Wilson also became quite obsessed with Eastern philosophy and in particular Zen Buddhism and he was struck by the concept of the koan which was the or which is zen buddhism's sort of penchant for nonsensical uh, nonsensical riddles and other sort of i guess in more modern terms it would be almost situationism a way to get the human mind out of thinking in linear linear patterns and start um using nonsense and things that, uh, or at least sort of abstraction to lead the human brain to Satori. So on the surface, Smile was intended to be the concept album about American history, but an underlying sort of theme that Wilson was working on at the same time was that Smile in and of itself was going to be a gigantic zen riddle full of what Brian... um, Brian would would term mysteries full of meaning which would help sort of startle the American public into having the same kind of spiritual awakening that he'd had early in 1966 Unfortunately this proved to be a little bit more than even Brian Wilson's talent was able to achieve as I've already mentioned The recording, often on recording for the single, with the proposed single, which was supposed to come out in January 1967 of Heroes and Villains, ended up lasting through to the end of February when Brian Wilson just couldn't make up his mind and he abandoned it in favor of a single called Vegetables, which was also never actually completed. At the same time, he was running into resistance from the rest of the band. The rest of the band wasn't entirely happy with the serious direction or the sort of non-Good Times, non-party direction that... Pet Sounds had taken, and they weren't exactly thrilled. That smile was looking to be more of the same. In particular, they were also irritated by Van Dyke Parks' lyrics, which Mike Love referred to as acid alliteration. And in fact, Mike Love and Van Dyke Parks would have at least one very violent altercation in the studio in late 1966, early 1967, which was which actually kind of precipitated Van Dyke Parks quitting the project. At the same time, Brian Wilson had moved from acid onto an unhealthy mixture of doing a whole lot of amphetamines and uh, smoking a whole lot of hashish. Considering that Brian Wilson had already had a nervous breakdown in 1965, which prompted him to stop touring with the band, he was already on his famous road to schizophrenia that would really color his life from the late 60s onwards. At some point during the recording of the Pet Sounds album, the final mix of Good Vibrations actually went missing for three days. Nobody could find it and nobody knew where it was. And this kind of set Brian Wilson off on a paranoid trip where he was quite certain that the rest of the band was trying to sabotage the Smile album, but that he also was convinced that his big rival and uh, producer in Hollywood, Phil Spector, who unfortunately is back in the news again today, he was paranoid and believed that Phil Spector was either trying to kidnap him or was paying to have him killed. In October of 1966, Brian Wilson went to see the movie Seconds, the John Frankenheimer film Seconds, which deals with a man being convinced he should change his identity and live an alternate life. Brian Wilson and his wife Maureen arrived at the film late, and the first line of dialogue that Brian Wilson heard when he walked into the film was "Come in, Mr. Wilson." He became quite obsessed with the movie, and in later years, had accused as accused of um, as accused Phil Spector of actually bankrolling the film to fuck with his head. <laughs> Uh, We're going to get back to some more tracks from Smile. And this one is, I played it before on the show. This is, in fact, in my opinion, one of the creepiest songs, certainly the creepiest Beach Boys song you're ever going to hear, short of uh, Never Learn Not to Love, which was their Charles Manson cover. But this is Child is the Father of the Man. with the stereoscopic readout look at the Smile album of the Beach Boys' ill-fated smile project here on 101.9 FM CITR. Um, Bleak is here. He's waiting to take over in 10 minutes with Exquisite Corpse, which runs until 9 p.m. when Ben comes in and takes over with Live from Thunderbird Radio Hell. Uh, Linus is in at 11 with Hypnotic Groove, and then... Pierre starts at midnight and lasts till about six in the morning with oral tentacles. so where I last left off was brian wilson 's mind wasn 't what it used to be. He was starting to have paranoia was starting to take over his life, and to add to this, I think the one of the final straws came on the twenty eighth of November. 1966, during the recording of the fire segment for a proposed suite of uh, the elements the four elements: fire, air, Earth, and water. he had a string section in doing overdubs, and kind of uh, anticipating what the Beatles would do for the string overdubs for a day in the life, he had everybody dress up in red plastic firemen's hats. However, during the sa- during the recording, um, a number of fire alarms had broken out in Santa Monica where they were recording it, and they would have to stop recording as fire engines would keep wailing their way past the building. This kind of triggered, I wouldn't say a flashback to the bad trip that Wilson had had where he hallucinated himself burning to death. But he certainly did come out of the experience thinking that the bad vibes being created around the album had been responsible for setting all the fires off. The project lumbered into February of 1967 when Wilson finally pulled the plug on it, or rather capital pulled the plug on it. They hadn't had any new product from the, beach boys since good vibrations had been released in the fall of 1966 and by that point van dyke parks had quit the project which is why um songs such as child is the father of the man don't actually have any lyrics uh just the chorus where the band is sort of doing a rondo of repeating child is the father of the man that last set started with child is the father of the man um pulled into a segment called I'm in great shape and then the rather striking song cabinescence, possibly possibly um, a finished version of it but uh, it can certainly it certainly indicates if schizophrenia was on the horizon the sort of massed vocals of the band it just it's it's beautiful but it's creepy as hell I think And then the last thing was She's Going Bald. Anyway, tracks from, although the Smile tapes would never actually be released, some of them would be trickled out. Some of them would trickle out on bootlegs over the subsequent 40 years. And Capital would release a a few of the outtakes on a compilation called Good Vibrations in the early 90s. Many of the songs would be re-recorded by the Beach Boys up until 1971, trickling out on albums such as Smiley Smile, Wild Honey, Sunflower, and their final, stu- their final studio album of that period, Surf's Up, including the title track. But it wasn't until 2004 when Van Dyke Parks and Brian Wilson would reunite to actually, quote-unquote, finish the project, which I kind of say, quote-unquote, because... It's kind of hard to tell, given the amount of time that's lapsed and Brian Wilson's working work habits of the period, if it really can be taken as an indication of what the Smile album would have sounded like if it had been actually released in 1967. Anyway, we have about eight minutes. I'm going to see how much I can get through, but we're going to start this last set with the track that had kind of started it all for this project and... Capital was quite insistent be included on the album even though it had already been released as a single Good Vibrations
2: I, I love the colourful clothes she wears and the way the sunlight plays upon her head
0: Of nested towers, the hour was struck, the street, quicksilver moon,
2: carriage across the fog, to step, to lamp, light cellar tomb. While I'd adieu die A choke of grief, heart, heart and die Beyond belief, a broken man Too tough to cry Serves
1: up, mm-hmm.
0: want to know what's going on around town LiveMusicVancouver.com is the lower mainland's comprehensive source for live music listings we've got more than 350
3: shows listed at any time and our listings are updated continuously by hundreds of the very people who put on the shows you love artist information and mp3s are accessible right from the listings as are maps and calendars for virtually every venue in the city all this